0: hear that weird fuzzy noise that happens once in a while
1: Mm, no you
0: hear what like it's just like a staticky sound a staticky it's not constant it's like intermittent oh maybe it's the metal plate in my head okay yeah you're too close to the microphone (laughs) better yeah look at my t-shirt I came, I saw, I had anxiety, so I left. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds up. Should we talk about... Sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Oh, there goes the t-shirt.
1: How cold was it this morning? It was freaking nipply out. <laughs> My windows were frosted over, and so I'm going to be grumpy for the next six months.
0: Do you put um a duvet? Like, do you have like a winter blankets and summer blankets on your bed? This, th- no, Megan. Oh, on my bed? I was <laughs> like, on my car? What is wrong with you? It's not a horse. <laughs> Wait, what? You don't put blankets on your car? No. Stop.
1: Stop. Yes. Well, not duvet. It's the sheets. In the winter, we have fleece
0: sheets. When you make spider fingers, does that mean fleece? Yes, it means soft. It means... Yes. Same at, well, the flannel sheets come out, but there's also like a duvet. There's like light summer blankets. Oh. If you spend like a good week, like the last week freezing to death, which makes me then wonder if I have, like I'm coming down with something because I have chills, which then makes me anxious, which then makes me have more chills. And so if I do that for a straight week without actually coming down with anything, I know it's time to, <laughs> to put the duvet on the bed.
1: And then does it also now make you think you have COVID?
0: Oh, well, that's a given. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like tired last week for two days. I'm like, is that a symptom? Oh, no. Why am I getting text messages from, can you see my phone? A little bit. Can you see what her name is on my phone?
1: The chick who lets me sleep in her bed.
0: (laughs) I love it. Hey, guys. It's episode three, and that's so fun. It is episode three, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it is episode three, and I'm super excited because we have on our show today (laughs) a fellow burlesque performer that we used to perform with quite regularly and also i just wanted to say for people who don't know what burlesque is uh it's bit, well it's basically like what the hell is burlesque i don't know but i will tell you this when i first started doing burlesque i thought i was i was very self-righteous about it i didn't think i was self-righteous i was very self-righteous about it oh cuz i was like it's not like gross strippers. It's like this really classy, beautiful, we're bringing back an art form and it's like theatrical and it's based often in satire or like highlighting, you know, whatever political movements that are going on or repression or oppression or whatever. But then somebody lent me a book about burlesque and... uh I started reading it and realizing that a lot of performers, the original burlesque performers before the neo burlesque movement, um, you know, they just, the only reason why they didn't take off their pasties and their G strings and stuff is because they would get uh, put in jail. Yeah. And it wasn't because they were like these super classy, just, you know, sensual women who were celebrating their sexuality, but not being crass or vulgar about it. Cause some of them were very classy and some of them were very yeah. and vulgar and basically they were just strippers. So you know what, anyway, so being a stripper is pretty mainstream now, I would say. It's pretty, uh... You know what fall
1: means? It means stupid fantasy football leagues, but we
0: should do fantasy stripper leagues. I can make a really badass team, I think. I want... How can we do... How do we get people... I mean, yes...
1: I imagine it would have been. It would be easier if people were performing and competing, because then I don't even know how fantasy football works or hockey or baseball. That's what
0: I was gonna say. I don't actually know how this works. Okay, well we'll have to look into it a little bit more. But do we'll it, and then do what do you do? I don't even know this much. Do we recruit other people? <laughs> I think you have like a really
1: nerdy meetings with each other, and you build your own stripper league. And then the better they do, the better your fake team does. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then like, so whoever, whoever stripper wins like in this exotic world or something like that person is the winner kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Or like the burlesque hall of fame. Right. How they're like tiered.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> we need to dig into our very densely populated a demographic of listeners who are huge fantasy football leaguers who can fill us in on how that yes. works so that we can then mirror that yes and then we need all of our stripper lover listeners <laughs> who want
1: <be> <laughs> to be to vote for the strippers so we can win our fantasy stripper league
0: yeah plus we need more people in the league it can't just be you and me, can it? No. That doesn't sound like...
1: No, I think... No, because...
0: Look, our football people are going to tell us how this works. We're going to have the details, get back to our listeners.
1: Our sport people. <laughs> our sport listening people. Because <laughs> 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 I'm sure the people that do fantasy football leagues listen to this podcast. 'Cause they're like burlesque football,
0: hell, yeah. It's one and the same, really, isn't it? it? It really is. It really is. All right, so we'll get on that ASAP listeners. We're counting on you. That's what I'm saying. Sport yeah. love liking, whatever you called them. Do you do any sports? Do you do any athletic things? <laughs> Stuffs. You make me sound so lazy. Do no. you do anything with your life? <laughs> do anything you can do anything like I know you dance but I mean sports stuff like team stuff or uh throwing or hurdle hopping I don't know
1: (laughs) hurdle hopping um I used to horseback ride and I used to ice skate until two winters ago when I cracked my head on the ice at my sister's Yeah, it wasn't fun. We were on the pond and we were skating around and I was just about to finish and I skated over a twig that was in the ice. And then Morgan teased me saying that Jesus took the wheel at that point and knocked me off my ass. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't need stitches, but it was bleeding. And then I had a concussion.
0: I'm really regretting asking you this question. Why? it's disgusting. <laughs> we should just go back to talking about strippers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I asked.
1: I, t- I asked Jesse that, oh, here we go again with Jesse on the freaking podcast. Because we're renovating upstairs, right? And I asked if we don't rent it out, if I can get a stripper pool. And he said yes. So I'm kind of hoping we don't rent it out so I can at least have a stripper pool. And then um, Audrey said that I need a disco ball. And then we've also added a black light. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, Ely mentioned that we need a bar. So it's coming together. (laughs) (laughs) It's really coming together. Oh, you know what my dad...
0: That's what I was going to say. Speaking of strippers, let's talk about your dad.
1: Yes. No, when he met Sylvie... She said that she's like, oh, I'm Trixie Cups. And he called her Titty Cups for the longest
0: time.
1: (laughs) So that's where I was going. But no, speaking of strippers. I'm super excited to
0: have Titty Cups on the show today. Yeah.
1: The artist formerly known as Trixie Cups.
2: Now known as Penny Royale. She's here. What? So this is a podcast, right? So it's okay if I'm wearing my my, scale, my, my super non-flapper uh, flapper show girl, uh <laughs> Skeletor t-shirt.
1: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Do not see my grandmother uh, oh, sweater that oh, I'm
2: wearing. And yeah. even my
0: mug has a grandmother sweater. Oh, man. It's cozy season, fuckers. <laughs> Megan, when are our listeners going to start sending us knitted everything? It's. The yeah. s- I don't know. I want toilet paper cozies and teacup cozies. <laughs> yeah. And- <laughs>
2: I would like a knitted,
0: I would like someone, maybe someone could send, um, so it'd be like a, a knitted Skeletor.
2: Yes.
0: Cozy. Oh,
2: or a knitted dog sweater. My nudes just like, my, my noodle dogs just like, photobomb this, uh, podcast. (laughs) I like it though. I I could also accept like, uh, a knitted hoods to, to turn my greyhound into a deer. All right. So how are you? I'm doing great. I've, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, uh, it's, been it's been a thing right um i've been i've been talking to a lot of uh, like we're slowly starting to actually interact with with our friends in meet space and uh yeah pretty much everyone i've talked to are like yeah i mean it's weird like there's a lot of adjustments and there's a lot of financial insecurity but at the same time we're not like nobody's gunning it anymore right so people are appreciating kind of like this slow down Um, of activities so it's almost like yeah things are slowed down but also we're in a headspace where it's like we're making better decisions because we're not rushing after after everything yeah so I don't know how about how about you how how you hanging on uh
1: it's difficult now that I'm back at work I find yeah like for routine wise because like I got into a really nice routine of just being creative all day
2: yeah I know
1: yeah so I missed all but
2: (laughs) (laughs) but
0: it's all good I thought I was gonna have way more time to do stuff but it's just a lot I'm just like you know those people who think that if they have a bigger place then their stuff won't be like overflowing but then they just buy more stuff yeah, yeah that's what i'm like with time <laughs> i'm like i'll have less things to do in my day so i'll be able to take it more easy and then and then i'm also like but i have more time in my day so i can book more stuff into it and i was like this is not more relaxed but i don't mind um i don't know i'm i'm i like socializing and i love like co-creating with people yeah but i have really outgrown the feeling of joy that I used to have just hanging around people. So I don't, I
2: don't find it that much of a torture to be able to just
0: (laughs) hang out at home and overeat in front of the television.
2: Yeah. It's weird for me. It's like, I'm, I'm, it's weird because like, I, 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 you know, as, as a people that perform, I think there's this weird duality where we're extroverts, but we also like our cozy downtime, like we're, we're andoverts. And, like, I'm involved into so many communities that are very network intensive. And, uh, honestly, it's a it's a drain. It really is. And it's, like, now that I was by myself, I was, like, it was, like, my little bubble. Yeah. And I remembered when I was a teenager and it was just, like, my, sh- like, I didn't have a big circle of friends because I was, like, the weirdo and Gatineau. And I was, like, like, the alternative chick clique <laughs> was, like, hey, it's just me. Um, everybody was, eh, anyway. Uh, i don't i don't miss gat no um and uh, so yeah it was just like i can journal i can read comic books i can read and and, yeah it's been weird because like um i mean mean, being a, a creative uh producer actually have time to do creative producer things like watch animation and i i bought like a crap ton of um art and animation books so i can actually dig in and 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 see what would show, what was her process. And, and so it's like, I actually finally have the time to do the job I'm, I'm not being paid to do because now I'm, I'm freelance. Um, but yeah, it, it's just like, it's weird. Like, it's just weird. Um, I think there's so much pressure to socialize, but at the same time, I think a lot of people are, what it, it's two things. I think a lot of people um, are appreciating the small a small circle. Mm-hmm. I, Mm-hmm. Of, I've seen a lot of people uh, take this opportunity to heal and take better care of themselves. Um, I think other people are probably uh, kind of dealing with their demons. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's honestly, I always see, I like, I think anything can be an opportunity for like self-improvement and, and growth and just, you know, having the time to, um, Ask yourself like difficult questions and make difficult decisions. And I think it's just been, it's like the world has been put on a timeout, basically. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also felt, well, as a performer, so warm, and we all do our own art as well. So tell me what you guys think. But what I did appreciate was because I wasn't always preparing for a show, so not always preparing a certain bit or a certain act, I had more time to just create freely like to write stuff that came to me that was it had no specific place it had to be so because when you have a show coming up and there's a theme or you or I'm doing a a comedy show and I know how many minutes I have and what what the other like what the vibe of that night's going to be then whatever I write or work on is has to fit in it's sort of customized to that whereas when there was no shows I wasn't always preparing for a show so I actually got to do art that I just felt like doing which was cool
1: but do you find that you put too much like you were saying before do you think you put too much where you're just like I have so much time now I can and you know you just keep adding up everything on top saying I didn't have time before so I'm gonna add all this and then like I said once you start getting back into work you're like I really didn't have all this time to do this because
0: yeah yeah like I still I just made myself crazy with other deadlines but I but I did get to I just found myself working on creative projects that I don't like writing songs that just came to me because I those things were inside me and they wanted to come out instead of writing it has to be funny because I have a comedy show that I have to do a musical act for on such and such day or doing a burlesque show and the theme is blah 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 like I didn't have to worry about the confines of you know, someone else's expectations, I guess, so
2: much. Which, by the way, I think is the thing I miss more than anything. I really, really miss this stage. For me, performing without an audience, like, it's just like, it feels really, really dry. The only, like, I know that there's been a production, a drive-in, which I think is great at least you have people in front of you, there's a stage and then your performance is like projected onto a huge drive-in screen. Um, like maybe you, like everybody's in their car, so there's, yeah, there's not that exchange, but at least it's not, you're, you're not performing in front of a camera. Like I just,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'd rather take that time and just, just pour into my dancing and costumes and like, I don't need, like I miss performing, but I miss performing with like people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you take the people out, it's like fuck it. I'll, I'm gonna be doing something else.
0: I did do a Zoom uh, thing, and I'm I'm curious what co- like how comics are finding the drive-in thing because for us, we only know if people are having a good time if they're laughing. Mostly, <laughs> I mean, some people don't laugh aloud and they smile and nod your head, but you can see them at least right in front of you in the club. Like, but I did a Zoom one, and I just thought it bombed so bad, and afterwards I got all these messages from people like oh you're so hilarious that was so fun wow you really nailed it like you're insane and I realized later it's because when you're doing zoom everyone's muted so
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) I just never heard anybody and you're performing so you're not like you know looking at how people are reacting on like all the different little baby screens yeah Yeah. and I'm
0: and I exactly yeah and the thing is, I wish I'd know, Like, I wish it had occurred to me that people might be having a good time. It just didn't. It was at the beginning of all this, and it just felt very strange. And it just didn't occur to me that people might just be laughing. I just can't hear them, yeah. so it messes with you. Like your delivery starts getting <laughs> like it is. Like, okay, I'm out here on my own. Blah, blah, blah. I'll just hurry up and get this over with.
2: But,
1: I know it was supposed to be 15 minutes, but is three minutes okay? <laughs> <laughs>
0: You guys are obviously sick of me. I'm just gonna go now. <laughs> so that was a really interesting experience. I'm curious about the drive-through. It's cool because you can, at least you can see the people are out there. I guess yeah. they they didn't just black out their video and go make macaroni while you were.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've been like me in my like so I ca- I camp with like a sound cam for like uh, different burner related uh, uh, events, and we did uh, we did like a virtual uh, DJ night and. It just kind of like, it was fun at first, but then it's like, nah, you just, you want to be there with people. Like that's that's fun, right? Like it's the content is there. But I guess, I guess as, as, as creators, we're realizing it's not just about the content. It's, it's like, it's the audience and how they react to it and how they react to each other. Like that is such a crucial part of the experience.
0: I don't know how performers who don't, um, engage with the audience do it. Like, I don't know where they get their energy from, because I know that the two of you don't talk to and with the audience like I do, like, Mm -hmm. but I see you engaging. I see your facial expressions. I see you make eye contact with people like sort of just flirting, you know, with your audience members or like just giving them attitude. And I, I can see we're looking at you and you're looking back but I've seen a lot of performers get on stage and just literally perform for the room. And I don't know where, where that's coming from for them. Like you think it's more of a job? Like they've done this routine
1: so many times they're just going to, you know, it's like, this is the next stop kind of thing.
0: Like probably a, a variety of things. I think some people probably, yeah, they've just, they're just going through the motions. I think other people, it's just a more sort of ego like, it's a, um, more having their ego stroked by the audience and a less of an actual exchange of energy with the audience. Mm. Um, I think some people are, are ner- genuinely just nervous to look at the audience members, and so that might throw them off. If they actually lock eyes with somebody, they might, they might be scared that if they lock eyes with somebody that it's going to make them more self-conscious if they're more aware that people are there. Yeah. But for me, I mean... It's happened a couple times where an audience member has just stared blankly at me and it's annoying and it throws me off. But usually if you just turn your head, the next person is like mesmerized and, and like, you know, giving you love eyes. So you're just like, that person is weird.
2: <laughs> like you don't need to waste your time with them. You're like, ah, ah. <laughs> like I remember performing, I don't know if you were with us, uh, uh, that night but we were hired to perform for a uh, le sexe autour du monde which was a documentary for a uh, tv5 which is a french channel and like it was awkward because we were just like performing and just being our cool selves and like some women in the audience were like staring at us with like fucking shooting daggers from their eyes mm-hmm. and i we mean we're scrambling like is there is there like a sympathetic soul in, <laughs> in this <audience? laughs> it was brutal especially if it's coming from women
1: yeah i never understand that it like yeah. i remember only maybe once or twice when we performed at blue light yeah. that there was like a girl sitting next to her boyfriend with her arms crossed not looking impressed whatsoever <laughs> and like of all people don't make eye contact with him because she's gonna drag you off stage yeah and rip your tassels
2: <laughs> for my man i remember um cherry typhoon she oh had- my god so she was doing. She was channeling like, you um, know, uh, 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 Josephine Baker. That's like it. Classic, iconic uh, banana costume. Yeah. She started throwing bananas. <laughs> yes. all of the producers. <laughs> and we didn't. So we didn't. We didn't warn the audience. You know, like incoming, like flying bananas. <laughs> <laughs> so throwing like bananas. <laughs>
1: in the audience oh no my favorite thing about Cherry Typhoon was like just before she went on stage she like lifted one of her legs and she's like pussy check and we're like whoa
2: <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. yeah we wanted to make sure we didn't have like our, our literally our, our our panties tied in a tight in a to <laughs> have like a camel toe so. <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep it classy that was a fun yeah that was fun I think one of my
0: favorite Like it was, it's always fun doing big um, festivals. Speaking of Cherry Typhoon who I did a festival with in Tokyo, which was incredible. And it was my birthday and I couldn't understand anyone on stage, (laughs) like the MCs and stuff. I listened for my name so I would know when to go out, but I couldn't understand anything that they were saying. And after an act that I did, um, I was about to get off the stage. And the MC grabbed me, but is talking to the audience in Japanese. So I'm just like standing there being held by the arm, like going, I don't, I can't leave. Like it's weird, (laughs) but I have nothing to do here. Like I'm just standing here smiling. Yeah. And the whole audience in their Japanese accents started singing happy birthday to me. And I just about died on the stage. Like it was hundreds of Japanese people singing happy birthday, Damiana, happy birthday to you. Oh my God. Just about died. It was one of my favorite, favorite, favorite favorite moments on stage ever but one of my other favorite shows was we were on tour and we had a show in Oshawa, Ontario. (laughs) Oh jeez. I don't I didn't know what that was before but anyway (laughs) it was a town of like six people I guess and the show was in um a house called the Velvet Elvis. And we had just done a show in Toronto at the Drake Hotel after they'd just done millions of dollars of renovations. It was super glammed up and crazy, big budget, blah, blah, the night before. So we drive to Oshawa. And by the way, the the, the experience of the Drake was garbage. It was terrible and it was just soulless and frustrating. And we get to the house in Oshawa, we're exhausted and we're just like, holy crap. Are you fucking kidding me? We walk in, there's like a drunk man sitting at the bar in what I guess would be the living room. There's no PA, there's no microphone, no monitor, no nothing. And there's like just a bunch of wooden kitchen chairs lined up facing like the stage area. Mm -hmm. And so we were just like, this is going to be the worst. Like this is, this tour is canceled like this cannot i'm done but we go upstairs to where the bedrooms used to be where they've set up the space for us and the owner of the place has made like a tower of adorable little handmade sandwiches she has all these little crystal bowls of chocolates and candies she made us like old fashions and cosmopolitans and like all these cute cocktails so cute the audience was pretty much all like they told me there's a guy in the audience turning 70. Can you sing happy birthday to him? So I sat in his lap and sang my heart belongs to daddy to him. <laughs> Literally, I think there was 25 people there and they were all like 70 and up kind of age group or like at least in their 60s and then like up to 80 something that they went mental for us. They bought merch. They, they got us to autograph eight by 10 photos of ourselves. Like It was bonkers and it was Hands down, my favorite show I've ever done in my life. Like it was the warmest, sweetest. I've never heard an audience scream louder. Like it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. So it's super oh, fun to do like these huge rooms. Yeah, and it can just feel like, okay, well, we did our job. We're leaving, and then yeah. you can do you can show up to the weirdest show and be like, oh
2: god, what's <laughs> what's gonna happen here? Right, and I- have the most amazing show. I love performing in small towns. Like, so last year I was hired to perform um, in Merrickville, which is, I think it's like an hour, an hour and a half or something. It's it's like close to, uh, it's close to Ottawa. Yeah, it's like south of Ottawa. I went there for like a dance and it was like (laughs) like 10 people showed up. It was. Uh, was it at the art center? Was it at the, uh, at the, at the church? Yeah. It's such a beautiful venue. It is. and, it was, and they had,
1: what was sucked was they had a big band. And then there was like 10 people that danced. Ooh,
2: yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. And like, I remember when, so when I I performed there, um, I remember like, there was this really old man. I think he was a World War II veteran. Uh, he had his medals and he had a little beret. Oh, and came and he went to see me and he was like, your look, I was performing like I, so I was performing my, my 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 two flapper number as as Trixie before I transitioned to Penny Royale and he was like everything about you your makeup your 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 hair the music how you move your outfit reminds me of when my parents my mom would get up to go dance and she Aww. would go out on, on a date with my father and he like you brought me back to my childhood And I, and he was just like, bless you, bless your heart, bless your art. And I just, to have touch someone with your, your art like that, I was just like, I melted.
1: I always found that was like really nice. was when girls would come up after a show and it was like, thank you for going up there and not being the typical perfect body stick, you know, figure, you know, you have stretch marks, you have curves, you have, you know, and it was just like, if, Well, I mean, when I started going to see burlesque, that's what it helped me where I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, I can be sexy, too. I can feel good in my skin. And you just keep passing it on. It's like it doesn't, you know, like Jen and I had talked about, it's not like a sexual thing. All the, you know, it's it's to have power over your yourself and confidence and just passing it on is just such a an amazing feeling.
2: Yeah, I've, I've had those moments, especially at Blue Light, because that's, that was the, I think that was the, the strength. And that's what was Cleo was was putting forth um, on stage. And yeah, I've had women like on the verge of tears, like, thank you for doing this. Like, this is so empowering. Like, I feel comfortable seeing people like, like you and me, like, I feel comfortable in my skin. Yeah, I really love it when people take the time to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone just kind of slid in my DMs. Uh, when I, I, I did a bar, I know Master Barbarella, I wasn't, dress like it wasn't like cosplay barbarella but i i I performed to the the song but it was just this i started off in a super clunky as a sexy baked potato as as peter would pitch me Um, (laughs) and i did it in like i so i simulated zero gravity and it was just like because i'm such a like high energy it was it was really great to kind of slow down and be in my body and pretend i was in space and floating and struggling and, and the person wrote to me and she was like, you had me on, like, I was gasping the whole time. Like you were, you were in perfect command of your body. And then when there was like a drop where it's like, like the, you're back in, in, in gravity again, and then you, you start dancing and it was just like the, the turn of a dime. Yeah. And, and I was just like, I love it when people pay attention to that. Cause it's not just about like, you know, showing your boobies and like taking your clothes off. What? There's a lot more to that. It's it's really about like his character and and the transformation and the journey. Um, yeah. So I was like, that was like those little moments are so precious. And I just anyone out there in podcast podcast land, if you see a performance, whether it's burlesque or, or any piece of art, and it really friggin' touches you, like you know, it just tickles your pink or whatever, or, you know. Write to them, like even if you're afraid of, like, uh, am I gonna sound like a weird stalker or creeper? Like, fuck it, take the risk and just, just, like, just say thank you yeah. for your art. Like, you have no idea how much that will just keep the fires going. You know
1: exactly. No, it's the same thing. Like when I get reviews on my book, it's like,
0: mm. yes,
1: okay, I'm doing, I'm doing something right. You know, there are people that are enjoying it. It's not just for me. You know. I have a question for you.
2: Do you find you're the okay and? I'm not playing devil's advocate. It's just, I've been confronted with a lot of people that have, um, that are neuroatypical, and they have a problem with, uh, the word crazy. Have you had any flat on your podcast? Uh, the name of your podcast? I'm just wondering. Not yet. I don't think we're that popular yet or <laughs> unpopular yet. <laughs> well, did I, did I just go and get you canceled? I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: There goes all our potential
1: sponsors.
2: Oh no, I'm sorry. I guess it's just how you how you embrace it like if you you're just like it's it's almost it's like reclaiming the word right like Mm how feminists have reclaimed the word bitch and like it's just like no fuck it like if you if you claim something then you kind of have control over its power right
0: yeah I think I've never actually thought that through consciously but I think that there's something to what you're saying because the other day I went into a store and there was this guy, I know the people who work there and this person did not look familiar to me at all, but he was rearranging all the jars by the cash register. And first of all, like COVID, so maybe don't touch everything, but still (laughs) I was just like drawn to him, like watching him put things the way he thought they should be. And I just said out loud, oh, do you work here or do you just have OCD? Like really friendly. And he just looked at me like very offended by me. And he was just like, I work I'm in charge of like something that he made up that clearly wasn't true mm. and it turned out he was the boyfriend of someone who worked there but as I was leaving he's like and by the way miss just for future reference and I just said to him, again just blurt, no filter this day I don't know what was wrong with me but I was just like I have OCD I wasn't trying to be an ass I was just wondering if you were one of my people or if you just <laughs> but the funny thing is he seemed relieved, like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I have OCD, and I was like, okay, cool, <laughs> I'll have a good day, I I <laughs> <where it is. laughs> yeah. then I was like, so what I'm saying is, I think, like, it didn't even, someone who has OCD, I, it didn't occur to me that that was a negative thing, I was just like, oh, do you have OCD? Is that why you're being super weird about the tomato sauce? <laughs> like, I would do the same thing, I just want to know if you're, like, my guy here, you know, but, like, I, Hurt his feelings first because he just thought I was yeah. some who was like, "Oh, do you just have OCD, or do you actually weren't." It? No, it's funny because like I was talking to
1: Peter a while ago, and he was saying how it bothers <laughs> him when people go, "What?" Peter's definitely canceled. <laughs> Peter's definitely canceled because he misses girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he said it. It up. It annoys him when people say, "Oh, I'm so depressed," but that have never gone through depression. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like. Eh, like I don't know like I I say it sometimes where I'm just like oh I'm so depressed there's no more drag race for me to watch (laughs) but But at the same time I know what depression is like I know how bad it sucks I know the struggle but at the same time I don't know I don't know if it's because you can laugh at yourself you know like you know what it's like so you can kind of like make fun of it kind
0: of but I also think that what Sylvie was saying I think like there's only so many times in my life that people can tell me how weird I am before I just like, yeah, I'm weird, I'm crazy. This is who I am. Deal with
2: it. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it depends too. And like in in the circles that we are, I find like, yeah, in some circles like it's just uh, it's it's compatible. Where in other circles, like, no, it it can, I don't know, it can get really, really, really damaging, right? But if if yeah, I guess if a person comes from a very kind of defensive, like that can that can cause a lot of that can cause a lot of friction but I find that me hang like me hanging with people that are a bit more um they've empowered themselves you're just like yep yeah, this is who I am and just fucking deal with it you know yeah um instead of just like just just finding offense in it not that you want to like necessarily like offend everyone but it's just wait what we don't <laughs> we don't hang on. no no you know what I mean like it's just like if 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 you recognize that but if, if it comes from a genuine empathetic, it's like, hey, I'm also like this. And I like I it has no power over me. Yeah. Um, I think that's a lot. I think that's a bit, it's a bit better because honestly, I find like most not being like not being neurotypical. Like it's. it You just move through the space in a different way, but because you've always found a way to kind of like make it make things work for yourself like it's just you're always going to accommodate you're always going to find a way like you're a resilient motherfucker right like if if like i've looked at like all the times i struggle but i've always found a way out i've always found a way to get get just in a better situation um i find that's um that's that's really much a strength right where i compare myself to other people that maybe have things a bit a bit easier through life mm-hmm. and when they hit a big challenge a big hurdle like they don't know how to cope yeah so yay us <laughs> yay us
0: <laughs> so then i'm gonna ask you right now do you think that a, a mo, like the majority or all of uh, very i won't say creative people i think a lot of people are, are creative just are not in touch with it but people who are in touch with their creativity mm-hmm. and producing art and and letting their Weird out as we like to say. Um, do you think that though that it's common that these people do have now I'm self-conscious, even though it's a name. Uh, just say you're, say, uh, Do you, you think girl, they're crazy? Do you think most creative people have a bit of crazy is what I'm saying? Um, I say oh yeah, quick. I'll find you it, I don't have really to use the word. You can be oh, more
2: Um, I think it's they're just they just kind of go to the beat of their own drum. They're just kind of like it's just and, like, I remember, like, in my early 30s, I was, like, I started to get, like, uh, like, high-paying jobs, and I was making the decisions of, like, what I think a 30-year-old should be. Mm. I was miserable. Like, it was just, like, all right, I got a fancy yard. I got, like, these nice scented candles from Pier 1, but it's, like, <laughs> it's, like uh, do I really? But it, it was weird. Like, I just felt like, oh, this is going to reassure me, right? Like, making a good decision, like, I can afford a couple of Starbucks every day. But I was miserable yeah and it's like no i'm much happier just kind of like now i'm, I'm back at freelance uh I, I do my own thing and i can take care of this house i can take care of myself and my dogs and because i'm not caught in the in the in the rut in in that rat race i'm not running anymore so and i don't need to get a five dollar coffee every morning you know so i didn't i think it's just because we are familiar with our brain and that's the only brain that we know it's it's yeah, yeah. making the best of it
1: yeah so what you're saying is you don't want to be a refrigerator repairman
0: and come home to a ice cold brewski look megan it was a dream i had the home, I've let the dream die
2: <laughs> i've always wanted to be a dentist <laughs>
0: So speaking of you, in okay, so speaking of your mind frame being different in your 30s than they are now at your magical age that no one knows. um, (laughs) So, and that evolution of your own understanding of yourself and how you work and how you thrive best. I think that anyone who's familiar with your your work uh, in burlesque has watched your persona evolve as well, will actually shift into a totally different persona, which I think is so cool. And I don't, I'm sure it's. Somebody's done this before but you're the only performer I know personally who's literally morphed into a
2: totally different persona on stage so can you talk about how that happened uh so it's it's basically I think I was just um Trixie Cups was very prop heavy because she's I, I always thought she was very theatrical she did a lot of prop comedy um I was basically basically carrot top with titties <laughs> <laughs> But um, but I still I had a lot of fun because like I still I, it was always about transformation right. Um, but I was just I wanted to move more into a dance space because when I was a kid I always wanted to be a dancer and I find dancing a lot more powerful. And I also wanted to see like what if I just have like a rotating stock of costume pieces that I just kind of like cobble together to create because like it's it's very intense right because the expectation is that you have a new costume every yeah you know and I, I you know I still work full-time I work at my computer and then it's like I have to churn out and like the, and especially I find like the bar is getting higher and higher and in, in the level of like costume in Montreal like it's yeah like, from when we started oh yes like, like that's cool but it's like you're not just there to parade around a fancy ass costume right so I, no. I so that's why I've been like I've been practicing. I've been, I've been uh, just going more into a dancer's mm. Um Oh, I actually played with, um, with uh, fire. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I had some fans that, and we lit them on fire and <laughs> it was super fun. Holy and shit. And you still have your eyebrows. I still have my, yeah. I still have my eyebrows. <laughs> Good job. But the desire to go from uh, a, a character that was very girly and, and, um, very girly and playful i felt because i always find like art is your, your is is magical mm-hmm. and you're putting an archetype you're you're tapping into those archetypes so i was in a place in my life where it's like i'm kind of done with this like i don't know where else to take this this this, this character mm-hmm. and like i've i'm i have a huge crush on lady gaga i think she's so fantastic and for me what is so inspiring is that she is transfor- She's constantly transforming herself, yeah. and she has a self of like a sense of reinventiveness that is so inspiring. And yet, she's still Lady Gaga,
1: yeah. you know. Yeah.
2: And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna tap into that. And Trixie Cup started a bit like dabbing into like the chrysalis number, which is not ironically enough a, a number about transformation. That was my first kind of foray into like the 1920s kind of um, aesthetic and vibe. And I was like, I think that's my sweet spot. And uh, yeah, it's just, you know, Penny Royale is uh, a little darker, a little more mythical and magical. And I think it's just, it's very empowering for someone to like, I'm gonna ground myself in this archetype and I'm putting that out into the, 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 uh, the collective unconscious, the universe, or I, I like to call it the shmoo <laughs> I, I, I just sometimes was just like the, the language that some white workers use is like uh, cringe. So I, I prefer to call it the schmooniverse.
1: <laughs> it, like it sounds
2: it. like something off of Rick and Morty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, do you think you always had the idea of like Penny Royale or the persona somewhere and it just took you that long
2: to find it or, or you were too scared to bring it out or. I, I think so. I think when I, when I, pulled out the chrysalis number i was like oh like there was a weird shift i felt a shift in me i was like i can do something that's like sensual a little funny but sensual and like cuz like that number i have the most reactions to okay there is like it's, like uh, like the gasp that i hear when that cuz usually it's like haha it's goofy it's silly
1: yeah
2: but with the chrysalis number like going from cocoon to a full butterfly like a, a per, like a butterfly you know getting comfortable in in their skin mm-hmm. i've heard pe- i just there i f- i feel the shift in the in in the audience and i've heard people go like Shh, something really beautiful is happening on stage you know as as uh, as women and 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 female presenting performers um it's it's important to claim that power um i just been with some experiences that like i don't know people just They'll they'll gravitate to you and they like they, they they think that they belong to you and it's like nah yeah when I'm on that stage it's me and I'm having a conversation with you but yeah you don't own me
0: I feel like w- watching you it for, from a spectator point of view and someone who knew your who knew your Trixie Cups character yeah. really well <laughs> and shared space backstage and watching you on stage um it really felt like watching the young girl not girl because she's clearly a lady a woman but like yeah, <laughs> from her youth like I just felt like watching you transform was like watching your creative turn into a woman like I feel like we watched her like grow up and and I know they're very different characters like it's not the same but it but it I don't know. That's what it felt like. Like, oh, she's a real woman now. <laughs> like, Tower.
2: Oh. Yeah. Seeing how I'm taking up space is a lot more confident. I'm not putting up with people's bullshit. Um, I'm actually getting a, a tattoo tomorrow about like, it's it's kind of like a, a protective talisman of like, no, I got like, it's, it's a it's a heron. And the heron symbolizes uh, serenity and tranquility, but also uh, resilience and self, uh, being self like abundant and, and self uh, self actualizing. Nice. Yeah.
0: So I have a question that you may or may not. It, this might be irrelevant, or you might not even have been in touch with this if it was going on. But at the time of your creative onstage persona shift, your your evolution, was there stuff going on in your personal life that?
2: Was going through a similar... Yeah, I guess I just, I just realized there were people in my life that were just kind of like taking, like filling their cups. They're filling their cups for my Trixie cups. <laughs> and, uh, that was candy. I just, I just wanted to break that. I really wanted to break that. I'm like, and, I, and like, that's what I say about like channeling more powerful archetypes. I think it's a way to break a curse. I really do think that um, art is magic. It, there's a, something inherently magical about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if you channel more powerful archetypes, like it's it's going to be a, da- a game changer, and so far it has been. And I'm just embracing this change. And it's like, fuck it. Like if people don't like it, sorry, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> you know, when
0: I first started doing burlesque. I was doing what someone else asked me to do. I didn't really know much about it, but somebody needed a singer to do some shows and to go on a tour. So they really sort of told me exactly this is what we need you to do this is how we would need you to act kind of thing and i was like oh yeah i can do that sure sultry confident singing chick half naked sure yep got it and (laughs) and i did it but as someone who does did a lot of like comedic theater and stuff like that there was like there was something really missing for me that i guess i loved being sexy on stage i love like almost like mentally making out with the audience. It's such a rush. It feels very good. It's an excellent ego stroke. And it's a really good way to give back to them. Like you get their energy, you give it back. It's such a nice, hot exchange you can have without getting any of their grossness on you. (laughs) (laughs) It's called friendly making out. But there was something missing for me. And I remember the first time I did an act that was like ridiculous, where I ended... I didn't even fully decide in advance how I was going to end it. I just knew in the end I was going to be eating like Cheetos out of a giant bowl <laughs> when I, when I wasn't vegan yet, Megan. Um, <laughs> I didn't say anything. And, but so uh, it was just like typical me sort of rush. Like I wrote most of the act and choreographed most of it, but was like, I'll figure out the ending when I'm on stage. Cause I just do that a lot. And, so the act ended with me sitting on the floor in my underwear and my pasties, like just chub hanging out, like not even trying to hide my belly rolls or any, like being cute and my, just sitting there, fake crying, singing all by myself, just shoveling <laughs> Cheetos in my face and getting it on me. Like not cute, not sexy, not sultry, not confident. But the audience members came up and started eating out of the bowl with me and it was <laughs> so fun. And then I was like, oh, okay, that's I can actually also just be my own silly, stupid self on stage like I don't have to be fully composed, so it was kind of like um a similar liberation for me, but like in an opposite like it's, you know I brought the, my silly out to the stage instead of yeah.
1: instead of
0: like my Slowly <laughs> my <laughs> was already there, and I was like, Oh, this is what you want to see here she is. but like I couldn't just also <laughs> <play> my." <laughs> Well, another other because that wouldn't be sexy or, or or well, whatever it was. So that was interesting to pull out a part of me that I had been holding back from the audience.
2: I don't know if you remember, but before I brought out Penny Royale, it was the September show at Candy Ass, And it was the back to school, like La mm-hmm. Rentrée. And I did like a bad like a super strippery holy It was like <laughs> like all of my 80s, like trashy video vixen stripper fantasy. And yeah, it was, it was so fun. It was just such like, I, I I performed it as Trixie Cups, but I was just like, I just wanted to go like, boom, like just be a big <laughs> explosion on, sa- on, on stage. And I think I was channeling the energy of my show, photo shoot with Danny Hallis, where we did kind of like, I wanted to do, because I was like, all right, before I transition, I'm going to do a weird kind of like, I, I'm also a fan of Brooke Candy. I think she's fucking awesome. She's just like, just a bad bitch all the way and I wanted to just do a weird like all right I'm in transformation I want to do something super wild and we did that we did that photo shoot so I think I was channeling that energy and then after that after the like the bomb like the, the explosion of like mad stripper energy I went into Penny Royale
1: can we please call the episode that Mad Stripper?
2: Mad Stripper Energy, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stripper Church.
1: I'd go. Same. Um, I don't know about you, because we debuted the same night together.
0: Yes
1: we were so cute
2: We were baby strippers baby
1: strippers <laughs> we were baby strippers together to to that. <laughs> and then that's where our love for each other started
2: yeah.
1: um do you find like I can say definitely I was not red rocket that first night like that was pure fear mm. you know going out this is the routine I have to do but the persona wasn't there until like, so it's like, I can't even count that first.
2: Yeah. Routine almost. Maiden strip. (laughs) But that, I mean, to be fair, like for so for someone who works in TV, like that's applicable to everything in in art. You know, if you go back and you watch like the pilot, unless a pilot is really, really, really like, holy shit, like not like, I'm thinking about the Breaking Bad pilot, pilot, but like um, uh, Bojack Horseman, You know, it's like yeah, it's funny, but it hasn't found its voice yet. But there's there's a there's a grain there, there's a nugget, and I think people are happy to see new performers. And like even if like like you didn't feel like oh, but like you were there, you were just you were just the the nugget was there. It's just there was a lot of layers around it. But and like as you literally and figuratively peel the layers away, then you found Red Rocket. Yeah. I love talking to you. You're always so wise. No, stop. Mm. It's my germ. Um, but yeah, I think it's like, I think, I think people will embrace a, f- a fresh voice, even though it's, it hasn't found it's yet, it, itself yet. Like, I remember the first time I saw Lady, so Lady Josephine premiered on our stage, too. And I was like, holy fuck, she's like the Lady Gaga of Montreal Burlesque. Like, I'm just like, what the fuck am I watching? But i <laughs> and even though sometimes we're like I don't know what the fuck that that was about but holy shit that was amazing because she wasn't like a copycat kind of like I want to be like Betty Boop or you know what I mean like it was yeah. just like and, and and speaking from someone who works with content that is um very very polished I love to watch like like more like DIY kids shows that are like you know they, they have like they're crowdfunded or whatever they're rough they're not polished but the heart is there Mm. and you can't fake heart I've been on shows where it's just like you've got the best talent and the best director and it's like they're but it's just like nobody's taking risk everybody just wants to be perfect and polished and you have something that is super shiny but it has no heart Mm. So, so yeah, you had heart people. I think people gravitated to the, towards that. So voila. You're, you you mean you can always get polished. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can't fake heart.
0: Megan, do you feel like your that red rocket has evolved anyway, like in her own way? Cause I've doesn't matter what I think. What do you, do you think? So? <laughs> what do you mean? It doesn't matter what you think. I think it's funny because I never
1: would have thought that I could do what Sylvie did go from Trixie cups to such a different persona. Mm -hmm. And in my head it was, I'm just like, I'm kind of done with red rocket Mm -hmm. and almost the last two shows that I did were not red rocket. You know, it was more, I used to do more rockabilly, more stuff like that. And now I'm like more gravitating towards the forties and the thirties. So it's like, I just don't feel it's the same persona anymore. Your
2: sultriness, like in the last show, like I remember my partner Eric was like, damn, like we were just like, <laughs> we were floored. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. Um, I,
0: I, Thanks. I think that you are a totally different person on stage now. Well, I shouldn't say totally. Obviously Red Rocket is still there, but I, I find that character has evolved also and really like come into her own on stage. The last couple of times, I remember wasn't this year I think it was maybe last year not the last time you were at candy ass but the time before that you performed and I just remember like like jaw on the floor like holy crap like it wasn't that like Red Rockets always been super sexy and like an upbeat Jessica Rabbit cute like (laughs) you know like tits up but like but like and, and but the last couple times I saw you performed it was just like I know you as a performer, I know how you felt backstage, but when you came out on the stage, like it was, it wasn't, it didn't have that same like cute energy. It was very, mm. very much
2: all woman, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just very there. sultry, like hypnotic and sultry. Oh, thanks ladies. No, me too, I like, I, I, I yeah, what, what Jennifer's saying is really resonating with me too. It's like, yeah, I was just, I, like, I was floored. Aww. And then that's when I found out Annika was in
0: love with me. Yeah, that's
1: great.
0: My daughter, she's. Because
1: like, oh, Jen sent me an Instagram story that Annika had done. It was like my bae. And it's like, just like a, um, what do you call it? Uh, a boomerang of me on, like on stage. And it was like my bae. And I was
0: like, oh, I'll be your bae. Oh, that's awesome. Are you planning
2: to do any kind of performing in the near-ish
0: future? Are you still sort of waiting to see what's going on with this
2: world? I don't know what's happening with the venues like so i'm going to see so salty salty margarita has put together a show a lineup for uh, october 3rd for a halloween-ish show yeah um so it's it's physically distant. so there's like limited seating available i'm gonna see how that plays out but at least some i don't know if there's gonna be a second wave like i'm just like i'm just working on my stuff
1: this friday um my dance school is hosting a dance outside at the Place des Arts um uh what is it called like performance area outside and you had to buy a ticket for a bubble so there's like a square that only you and your dance partner can dance in and you can only go with that one person and you reserve your your little square and you reserve your time and everybody's socially distanced and there's going to be a band and everything so I'm really excited about that
0: give the details
1: more specifically Well, um, it's sold out. I'm performing on the
0: 27th, the comedy nest. It's not sold out. So you guys can come to that instead. (laughs)
1: Well, you can come watch me at 8.45 on Friday night at Plastizal outside. Probably it's going to be very cold and I'll be wearing a mask. So you cannot see how out of shape and (laughs) how much panting I will be doing. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to look great. (laughs) I'll be so happy.
0: Before we wrap this up, Megan, did you ask... Now I'm self-conscious to say the word crazy. See, see what you've done, Sylvie. Sorry. (laughs) How am I supposed to introduce the crazy creative segment? Megan, you do it. You be the bad guy.
1: I'm the bad person. So I'm going to ask Sylvie. (laughs) What is um, one crazy and one creative thing that you've um, done or experienced like in the past week?
2: I'm going to go against the grain and say something. Uh, and actually the tattoo is, is part of that. As I'm pledging, um, going on a, uh, I'm getting emotional. I'm going on a journey of sobriety. Oh, I'm so proud of you, honey. Yeah, me too. Good That's job. Yay. COVID bubble. Yay. Yeah, yeah. for There are some positives in COVID bubble. Very, very positives. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, just been just a lot of journaling, a lot of, um, spending time with people that uh, are really good for my uh, nervous system and my mental health. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, sometimes it's just, I think as a performer, you have to give, 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 give. And sometimes that attracts people in your life that aren't really good for you. Cause they just, they just are so, there's something about there's there's something magnetic about someone who goes on stage and just gives it their all. Yeah. And, um, now I'm a bit more mindful of, of that phenomenon. And now I'm a bit more, um, diligent about the people I let in my life. Let's just put it that.
0: You're
1: amazing.
2: Thank mm-hmm.
0: you. What about you, Jen? Um, my crazy and creative are the same thing, I think. And not, I think, I know. My crazy <laughs> creative is that I got asked to do a show this week, very last minute. And I said, yeah, sure, because I like to annoy myself by just saying yes to stuff that I'm not at all ready for, just to test myself. (laughs) And I thought, that's really crazy, Jen. Why did you say yes to this? You're not prepared at all. What bit are you going to do? You have to fill this much space on, on stage and you haven't been on stage in a month. And I was like, that's cool. I'll just watch the video footage from my last time, my last bit, just to refresh my memory, like after work, like before I go to the club. And so I was like, okay, cool. So I didn't worry about it at all. And then I watched the video shortly before leaving for the club and realized that I had tried something brand new a month ago. And I I needed to memorize it right that second before going down to the club. I think I actually did okay. I was a bit disappointed in myself. I could have done way better. But I did remember the whole bit. So that was pretty impressive. And I will not do that again. I probably will. I'm lying. I'll totally do it again. (laughs) But, uh, I was not impressed with myself, but that's, that was my crazy creative. Just like, yeah, sure. I'm a professional. I got this. <laughs> <And> I <went laughs> way down to the club. Like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Meg?
1: Well, um, what drove me a little crazy was I went to my mailbox and I got this package in and I had, um, oh what was the, the label? the return address was like somewhere in Quebec and it was like Saint something. I can't remember. And I was like, what the hell is this? And it felt like a book. And Jess is like, did you order a book? I'm like, no. And we're like all confused. And it's taped like ridiculously, like it's taking forever for me to open it up and I'm not understanding it. And Jesse's like, do you have some kind of like, like super fan or secret crush out there that's sending you random things in the mail? And I was just like, how would they know my address? I'm all confused. And I open it up and it's a sticker book of Smurfs (laughs) that Jen sent me (laughs) as. (laughs) It's for the tractor. My dad's tractor. But yes, but she got me good. So I thought that was funny. I couldn't stop laughing after that.
2: That's hilarious.
1: But yeah, and um, I have this really, I'm like super nerdy when it comes to spreadsheets and organizing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And at work, I started putting together like a procedure and handbook. And I was super tired yesterday morning. So I texted my coworker who was coming in in the afternoon. Like, if you could just pick me up a medium mocha, that would be really great. Mm -hmm. But the medium mocha turned into me being... so excited about my handbook I couldn't tell if it was just me being super proud of this handbook or if it was the caffeine that was like pulsing yeah. through causing me anxiety and at one point I turned to like my co-worker Audrey I'm like I'm really pumped about this handbook she's like yeah it looks good and I'm like no like it's amazing like this, I can't wait until this launches. This is great. And then I get home and tell Jesse, I'm like, 2 p.m. mochas are not a good idea. For oh,
2: gosh, no. <laughs> so I'm like, pew, pew, pew,
1: like that. So, uh, yes, that was my caffeine-induced,
2: anxiety-ridden uh, creativity at work.
0: Did you have any last thoughts before we close it out?
2: Ah, just I guess uh yeah keep keep burlesque weird uh right just just support if you can support your art your favorite artist with like cash money just with kind words of encouragement yeah.
1: yes
2: yeah sometimes people are a bit intimidated by us right because we're just like we're doing the thing and then like don't don't be shy tell us how awesome we are yeah or tell us how much we suck and then we're just gonna laugh at you okay. your feedback is appreciated <laughs> <laughs> I um, love you so much. I love you too. I miss you.
0: I miss you too. <laughs> wait, wait, before we say goodbye, Sylvie, is there where can people find you if they want to send you that love?
2: Uh, on Instagram. <laughs> it's uh, Penny Royale Burlesque on Instagram. Okay, cool. And Penny Royale on Facebook. You amazing. Thanks You're
1: amazing. so much for for coming on, Sylvie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was super fun.
2: Yeah. All right, ladies. love you a lot. Love you. That was funny. Bye honey.
1: Bye. Um, going to MS-DOS and put in that floppy disk. <laughs> okay, I'm going to see if this works. Hang on a second. Control-Alt-Delete.